0: <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, well that's just you playing those few notes I got it on the live stream and it sounds brilliant. And that's just from the mic in the corner there. the whole is Okay.
1: So then
0: Yeah. <laughs> today should be a lot different today. Oh yeah, I'm quite surprised. <laughs>
1: Good
2: morning. good morning, a warm welcome to all who come this day and it's lovely to see the young folk in our midst, uh, along with the middle aged and the not so young as well, you're all very welcome. It's lovely to be back with you, obviously the circumstances are not the best and I'm sure you're holding Varie in your thoughts and your prayers for a good recovery from her illness. We are met here this day to glorify God, whose power sustains the world, to remember with thanksgiving those who lived and died in the service of our country, and to ask God's help and blessing that we may be worthy of their sacrifice each day of our lives. Now the choir will be disinterested. stronghold, a time they help in trouble. Those who look to the Lord will win news today. They will soar on eagles' wings. They will run and not feel faint. March on and not grow weary. Let us pray. Eternal God, you are the shepherd of our souls, the giver of life everlasting. On this day when we commemorate and commend to you those who lived and died in the service of others, we're glad to remember that your purposes for us are good, that you gave Jesus Christ for the life of the world, and that you lead us by the Holy Spirit into the paths of righteousness and peace. Merciful and faithful God, your purpose is to unfold both earth and heaven in a single piece. With sorrow we confess that in our hearts we keep alive the passions of the pride that lead to war and hatred. We're not worthy of your love nor of the sacrifices made on our behalf. Almighty God, pardon and deliver us from our sins. Confirm and strengthen us all, us in all goodness, and keep us in life eternal through Jesus Christ our Lord. God of unbounded grace, you declare your reconciling love and power in the death and resurrection of our Saviour Jesus Christ. Teach us who live only in your forgiveness to forgive one another, heal our divisions, cast out our fears, Renew our faith in your unchanging purpose of goodwill and peace on earth. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. (coughs) Let us remember the kindness of God and his favour to us in our time of need. Let us remember the courage, devotion to duty and self-sacrifice of the men and women of our armed services. The toil, endurance and suffering of those not in uniform. The support of those who sent help from abroad or who came to stand by our side. Let us remember those who were wounded in the fight
0: those who perished in
2: air raids at home, those who fell in battle and are buried at sea or in some corner of a foreign field, and especially those whom we have known and loved, whose place is forever in our hearts. And let us also remember those who were our enemies, whose homes and hearts are as bereft as ours, whose dead lie also in a living tomb of everlasting remembrance. Let us remember those who came back, those whose lives still bear the scars of war, those who lost sight or limbs or reason, those who lost faith in God and hope for humanity. So let us remember from the desolate fields of Flanders to the rugged fields of Helmand province where poppies grow and flourish, battlefields of then and more recently whose frailty, beauty, and search for life remind us of a longed-for future when peace, love, and justice will reign throughout the world. And let us remember the continuing grace of God, whose love holds all souls in life, and to whom none are dead, but all are alive forever. If you're able, will you please stand? They shall not grow old as we who are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun and in the morning, we will remember them. <laughs> God of goodness and truth, we offer our broken spirits for your healing, our searching for your guiding light. God of light and love, you desire that all people should live in your peace. Grant us the humility to seek your forgiveness and the will to practice it in our dealings with others. Help us in the days to come to seek the good of your world to work for the increase of peace and justice, to show tolerance and open-mindedness towards those whose character and custom differ from ours. Grant that our remembrance this day may be consecrated for practical service, and the world will be a better place for our children's children, and all who come after us, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Then 706, for the healing of the nations, Lord, we pray with one accord.
3: village, he saw a widow gathering sticks. He called to her, please bring me a little water and a pitcher to drink. As she went to fetch it, he called after her, bring me please a piece of bread as well. But she answered, as a Lord God who lives, I have no food, Bake only a handful of flour in the jar and a little oil in a flask. I am just gathering two or three sticks to go and cook for my son and myself before we die. Have no fear, said Elijah. Go and do as you have said. But first, make me a small cake from what you have and bring it out to me. And after that, make something for your son and yourself. For this is the word of the Lord, the God of Israel. The jar of flour will not give out, nor the flask of oil fail, until the Lord sends rain in the land. She went and did as Elijah had said, and there was food for him and for her and her family for a long time. The jar of flour did not give out, nor did the flask of oil fail, as the word of the Lord foretold through Elijah. And now we go to the New Testament and Mark's Gospel. And there we, in chapter 12, read from verse 38 to 44. There was a large crowd listening eagerly as Jesus taught them. He said, Beware of the scribes who love to walk up and down in long robes and be greeted respectfully in the street. have the chief seats in synagogues and places of honour at feasts. Those who eat up the property of widows, while for appearance sake they say long prayers, will receive a sentence all the more severe. As he was sitting opposite the temple treasury, he watched the people dropping their money into the chest. Many rich people, were putting in large amounts. Presently there came a poor widow who dropped in two tiny coins together up worth a penny. He called his disciples to him and said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has given more than all those giving to the treasury. For the others who have given had more than enough. But she, with less than enough, has given all that she had to live on. The word of God for the people of the God, thanks be to God.
2: Thank you, Stuart. And uh, my apologies for forgetting to moot the mic during that last hymn. I'll try and remember. From heaven you came, helpless babe, Three seven four 7 okay, three seven four. Your enemies. There's no greater love than this than a man laid down his life for his friends, not the Lord came to the help of his people. No, this Sunday I've decided to preach from these readings today because somehow as I read these readings they spoke to me, they resonated to me about Remembrance Sunday because the readings are both about we people. We people who had very little, but we people who gave their all. Because the wars we have fought in the past, certainly the past over a hundred years, wars that we've fought throughout time, wars always involve we people. At the going down of the sun and in the morning, we will remember them and they are often the we people. In the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm sure most of you know and many of you have visited the west end of the nave in Westminster Abbey where lies the grave of the unknown warrior whose body was brought from the trenches of France to be buried there on the the 11th of November 1920. In the grave there is some soil from France and the following inscription is on it composed by the then Dean of Westminster. Beneath this stone lies the body of a British warrior unknown by name or rank brought from France to lie amongst the most illustrious of the land and buried here on Armistice Day the 11th of November 1920 in the presence of King George V, his ministers of state, the chiefs of his forces and a vast concourse of this nation. A nameless soldier or airman or sailor, though the last two are unlikely, who fell in one of the four main theatres of war, was disinterred to be brought home to lie in state as a representative of all the other nameless graves, which lie in serried ranks, in Flanders Fields, and elsewhere. It was the idea of an army chaplain, David Ralton, one evening in 1916, having just buried yet another young man, he was sitting in the garden of his billet when he noticed just a few feet away from him a grave. At the head of the grave was a rough wooden cross. and in the, On the cross in deep black pencil was written, an unknown British soldier. Now that wouldn't have been the first time he'd seen such a grave and it certainly wasn't going to be the last. But somehow it stuck in his memory. And in 1920 he wrote to the Dean of Westminster to suggest that such a body be brought home to rest in Westminster as a reminder of all those who found a resting place. But a resting place with no name. He struck a chord with the mood of the time. And it said, as the cortege travelled up from the coast on a train, crowds gathered at every station. The Daily Mail reported, the train thundered through the dark, moonless night. At the platforms by which it rushed, could be seen groups of women, watching and silent, many dressed in deep mourning, Many an upper window was open, and against the golden square of light was silhouetted clear cut and black, the head and shoulders of some faithful watcher. In the London suburbs there were scores of homes with back doors flung white, light flooding out, and in the garden figures of men, women and children gazing at the great lighted train rushing past. At the surface, the cortege moved between 100 VCs, 50 nurses who had been wounded and was carried by the chiefs of staff. The royal family were present, as were all the great and the good. They planned to close the door at 10pm, but they had to remain open for another hour as 40,000 people filed past. There were still long queues all through the night as people wound round past the newly built cenotaph. The pilgrimage went on through the weekend as the people came from all over Britain. One old lady came from the north of Scotland. She carried a bunch of withered flowers. They were from the garden that her son had planted as a wee boy of six. On the Monday still they came. Whitehall reopened, but the buses slowed as they passed the cenotaph, and the the passengers stood with men taking off their hats. A week later, the grave was sealed. It was estimated that one and a quarter million people had visited the abbey, and that pilgrimage still goes on to this day, as people still visit the grave of the unknown warrior to pay their respects. Respects to the wee people. Respects to those who fell in the line of duty. Respects to those who, as they fell, lost not just their lives, but also their very name. And that's what we're about today. We are gathered as countless men and women throughout Scotland and deep Britain are gathered to pay our respects. And some of you will be here with particular names on your hearts. The names of family, of friends, of neighbours, of colleagues. Many of us are here with no particular name in our hearts, but still with respect for those who fell or were injured or whose lives have been blighted by the many wars since the First World War. War declared by the big people but wars inevitably fought by the wee people. Fought by the men and women in uniform, but also fought by the workers in factories, factories like Rolls-Royce and Hillington. The war fought by the air raid wardens, the first aiders, the doctors and the nurses in the hospitals. The war fought by the women who had to go out to work, bring up the family, look after the elderly, and do all the worrying by the teachers and staff who were evacuated with young children, by the children whose lives were curtailed as they had to take on responsibilities beyond their years, and who lost their dad for the duration, if not for forever. All these people, and many, many more, all these people, were the we people who paid the price for war, and whose bravery and sheer perseverance we are here to remember and to acknowledge. In the First World War, in the slaughter of the trenches, often it was whole streets that were affected because the batt- battalions were drafted by locality. Some towns or villages, every street got a visit from the telegram boy. In the second, the bombs came to people as Clyde Bank was flattened and stray bombs were jettisoned over Paisley. Now it can come anywhere at any time as suicide bombers plan their next attack. The wee people, playing, paying the price for the world geopolitics getting out of kilter there's nothing new about that. It was the wee widow of Zarapath and her son who were dying in the drought. No man to look after them. They were on their way out until Elijah came along and asked for help, as God had asked him. The widow only had enough flour and water for one loaf, and then starvation. But God made it last, he made it last long enough until the rains came. It was the wee widow in Jerusalem who caught Jesus' eye. The rich were making much of their offerings. A lot of money doubtless makes a lot of noise as you flung it in the bowl. The widow's mite would hardly make a tinkle, but it was her pains that Christ commented on. It was her offering that even today we speak about. The widow of Zarephath and the widow of Jerusalem have much in common, and I don't mean their marital stay. They both gave their all. They both gave their all and they held back nothing. They didn't have a lot, but what they had, they gave to God. Just like those we're remembering today. They maybe didn't have much of a choice. No one asked them if the country should go to war, if the provocation was enough, if the cause was just, if the weapons of mass destruction existed or not. But to war they were called and to war they went. It's been calculated that a soldier in the First World War in the trenches of France and Belgium had a life expectancy of three months. A junior officer often straight from school, had six weeks on average. In the blitz of London, Coventry, Clydebank, and Dresden, if a bomb fell, you had no chance. And war has now come right into our own homes, our offices, our transport systems. We may be called upon to give our all. And so it is with the service of God, When God calls, he wants our all. He doesn't want our personal lives to be changed, but not our political lives. He doesn't want us, the faith, to be there for reading the Bible, but not for living the word. He calls us into his service, and he asks that what we give him is nothing less than all we have. You see, the scribes, the teachers of the law, they only gave bits to God. They gave the way they dressed. They gave the length of their prayers. And they looked for respect, good seats, and invites to the best banquets. They didn't give up anything. They only took. They took from the poor, and they took from God. God wants us to give up. Everything, even life itself, if it became necessary. He wants us to give up comfortable good living if that becomes needful. He wants us to stand with the we people, indeed, to see that we're called to be the we people so that the faith may flourish. The way of Christ is the way of service, not oppression. So when we see any oppression, be it in our own lives, of town, be it our government, we have to take a stand. We have to think out our opinions based on the word of God. What do we need to do to stop climate change? Is the best help we give to continue to be so wasteful? What we people are becoming even smaller because of how we shop? what we squander, how we live. Since 1914, millions and millions of weak people gave up their all so that you and I could live in freedom today. May we never demean their gift. May we, by how we live and do, may we realise that we have been granted years that they were not for our tomorrow, they gave their today. So at the going down of the sun and in the morning, we should remember them. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in the sight of the Lord. Amen. I have a dream, a man once sent, one 710, during which the offering will be brought forward. Hymn 710. and health to the Queen, govern those who make our laws, guide those who direct our common life and grant that together we may fulfil our service for the welfare of the whole people and to your praise and glory. Bless our sailors, soldiers and air force personnel, defend them in danger Give them the courage to meet all occasions with discipline and loyalty, so may they serve the cause of justice and peace, to the honour of your name. Bless our young people. May they never see the flames of war or know the depths of cruelty to which men and women can sink. Grant that in their generation they may be faithful servants of Jesus Christ. Bless our friends and those who were our enemies, who suffered or are still suffering from war. May your love reach out to the wounded, the disabled, the mentally distressed, and those whose faith was shaken by what they saw and endured. Comfort all who mourn and all those who miss the comradeship of friends. Bless those who are refugees, thinking especially of the situation on Poland's eastern border, those who go hungry in Lebanon and elsewhere in the world, and those who've lost livelihood or security through extreme weather. Help us to pledge ourselves to comfort, support and encourage all others that we may live in a world where evil and poverty are done away with, and where human life reflects the radiance of your kingdom. Bless your church throughout your world. May your Holy Spirit draw the scattered flock of Jesus Christ into a visible unity. May your church be a sign of hope to our divided world. And grant that we who bear your Son's name may be instruments of your peace in our homes, our nation and in the world. And as the world still struggles with climate change, we give thanks for all who struggled over the last fortnight and hope that decisions made in Glasgow at COP 27 may become reality sooner rather than later. And now, rejoicing in the communion of the saints, we remember those whom you have gathered from the storm of war into the peace of your presence. We give thanks for those whom we have known, whose memory we cherish, and at the last grant that we, being faithful to death, may receive with them the crown of life that never fades, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now Muriel's going to tell us the intimations.
0: Firstly, I would just like to say a real thank you that Esther's with us once again this week. Um, it was really great, Esther, that you stood in Thank you. at the last Perfect. minute while Vary is still unwell. But Vary will be back with us next week. So if you just bear with me, we've got a few notices this morning. You should have picked up your order of service that has notices on it, and I'm not going to read out what's on that, so please, Make sure you read that as well. Firstly, on Tuesday evening, the 16th, can I remind the elders that there is a session meeting and that will be held at the outreach centre starting at 7.30pm. On the 28th of November, there will be a special service in the afternoon which is uh, named Blue Christmas Service. This service is a reflection on for people who have lost someone. It may have been this year or last year or whenever, but you're very welcome to come along to that and Vary will lead us in that service. The time for that service will be announced next week. There are new rota sheets out for everyone who is on a rota, whether it be the readers, the Beatles, the collection at the door, the tea rota um, and uh, the tea bar. So if you are on any rota at all, please pick up your new duty rota that Margaret has written out and they will be over beside the sound desk. So you can pick them up there this morning. And lastly, the Clyde presbytery, which we are part of, has instructed every church in the presbytery to do a mission audit. Now I have to say they didn't give us much notice to do this and they haven't given us very long to do it. But this mission audit is really, really important um, because as you all know, at the moment we're waiting until this time next year before the presbytery will announce which churches will still be staying open and which ones will have to close. So it's very, very important that we take part in this mission audit, because if we don't, they will assume that we're not doing anything, and that's far from the truth for here, for St George's. The mission audit takes three parts. Firstly, there's the the statistic part, Um, and that will get filled out as to how many organisations, what we do, how many people are involved and everything. The second part is very important. This is where you come in. We have a questionnaire that Presbytery, um, they prepared it and that will go out this week and next week. If you're going to the tea bar this morning, you'll be able to pick up the forum there. If not, Uh, Jan will be able to hand out a form to you if you want that form as well. We have already done it up at uh, the outreach center. So please, please take time to look at it, fill it out. It's not complicated. If there's some things you don't know the answer to, then that's fine, just leave that bit empty. But it's really important. And the third part to the uh, mission audit is to do with the communities round about us. So we have the community here. St George's has a huge parish. If you see the map that we're on, we have one of the, I think probably the largest in Paisley. But it's really important we're going to have to gather information from the community as well as to how they see the church, what they would like us to do and what they think we're already doing. So, I, I can only stress enough that this is a really, really important audit and we would ask that you would take part. Thank you for being patient with all those notices.
2: You know, the church is coming back to life after COVID when you get duty rotas. Everywhere <laughs> I go just now, there's duty rotas being given out. Could I just thank uh, all those involved in this morning's service? Could I congratulate the BB? I'm a former BB officer and I've been a BB chaplain. And you've done very well, boys. Uh, Your officers have done a grand job with you. And I hope you stick with the BB. And for all those, it's a difficult Sunday, and I believe it's the first time you've celebrated as St. George's. So you come from different traditions. So I would like to thank everyone. Uh, I thought the poppy leaves coming down, poppy petals coming down was very moving. Uh, So thank you to all of you, and thank you for giving me the privilege of being with you today. We'll end this uh, service with hymn 159, Lord for the years your love has kept and guided. 159.